The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my guest. I've been on in a while. I thought I lost from the NBA Registrator. You there, Red? I'm there feeling the love, brother. I'm still feeling the love. <laughs> Where you been? I lost you. I had to, I'm detecting and crossing. Where Red's there? You're from another island or something. Man, I had to go out in the wilderness. I had to I had to get away. I had to get off the boat of what everybody else was doing so that I could explore and find new things. I had to go out and walk on water. You know what I'm saying? I had to stop doing what everybody else is doing on that boat and get out and walk on water for a while just to find myself and remind me who I am. Ain't wrong with that. It's good to have you back on, Red. Good to have you. Oh, great, great to be here, man. Great to be here. Well, Red, we start off. Well, I want to get into the pros. They get your uh, opinion on some things, but I want to start off with college. You know. Uh, let's start off with Wyoming, you know. Um, I know you go back for a lot of games and see that program. You know, I ended up reaching out to Randy Warniak, you know, um, Cowboy Joe guy you know, that played with the football. But that program, a lot of people understand it, you know, it's building it up, isn't it? I mean, they're going to be great. What do you think? Well, uh, the body follows the head. So, you know, they and the coaches they have there in Wyoming, they got a good guy who's got – a great vision of what he sees in the future while and from everything that I've heard and have seen, he's moving to make that vision a reality. But it takes time to acquire the pieces to the puzzle in order to bring an effective product uh, to the stage. Now, notwithstanding, he's a great coach, and I'm sure he's doing some great things, but you got to have the studs in there to, to – to, to, to bring that vision to life. You know, Red, I talked to, um, I talked to several people because I'm more, I mean, more into the football program, you know, because I played football there and I kind of followed. And I, my two things I want to ask you for basketball is one, we talk about, you know, the program, you know, you got to go out and reach out to these kids that you don't think will go to a school like Wyoming. And two, how do you recruit them for Wyoming? You know what I'm saying? And I know what you mean. You got to go to like, you know, how I say, like, you might go to a comp then or Eric, but you're not going to get a five-star kid, but maybe get a three or, you know, two is great. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, back when you and I were being recruit, uh, recruited, that was a totally different era. That was absent the Internet, absent YouTube, absent the ability for somebody to uh, uh, to go on a computer and, and, and compare uh, a lot of things. You know, uh, uh, Wyoming is unique. It has some great things, but some of the uniqueness that it has can't be seen as a deterrent to other people. But what I think the, uh, the university, the coaching staff, the athletic department are doing is they're starting to build some great amenities there. They're starting to uh, build uh, a culture. They want to change the culture there. And part of that is by building some things that people will be proud of to see. I mean, they're adding new... Uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing, 100, percent but I know they're adding on new uh, parts to the uh, uh, to the uh, 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 where they play football, the stadium. They're adding uh, uh, new things to where the guys warm up and practice. Uh, they're doing a lot of things to attract these kids, uh, uh, and, and they're not doing it just to make the guys that are there now comfortable. They're they're doing what they need to do to make people to attract guys that'll that'll make a difference. 
you know, game changers. So when they go up against the powerhouse of SEC or the Pac-10 or some other conference that might be a little bit tougher and might be more uh, uh, desirable to a kid, uh, you know, he, he, it might be an instance where, you know, I can go to the SEC, uh, I might have to sit down two or maybe three years, or I can go to a uh, Wyoming, and they have the facilities and all the resources available to not only give me a good education, but to possibly prepare me to get to that next level of, uh, of football uh, uh, and play almost immediately. So, I mean, I think they're doing their part, but all this stuff takes time. And time is a luxury that most coaches don't have because the fans want it right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, right. it's a working process. Really, I have a question. I know when we play, I know when you play, it's like an SEC team, team came in there or a Pac-10. We, we would have competed with them, you know. Prior to the one, we were that good. What's changing these kids? And I talked to um, one of my coaches, my receiver coach. He was there a few years before this coach got there. He said... The kids nowadays, you know, giving cool. They you got a baby there in the school and athlete. Before, Red, you know, we went baby. It was like get out there, do your job, work hard. You know. Oh yeah, you absolutely. You can't yell at the kids, so you can't tell them. You know, they do something wrong. You know. Well, it's a, it's a new day and a new era, and the kids, uh, for better or worse, have access to things that we didn't have back then. And I think with all the coaches, I know for basketball, you know, a lot of the coaches that help coach these kids, they're in AAU. Their part in the process of recruiting kids has increased exponentially, so much so that uh, the AAU coach has a very strong uh, part in the decision-making process of where that kid decides what school he's going to. So if you've got a, if you've got a, a love that is a stud in Chicago and, 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 and a coach could possibly steer him to anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's Wyoming or whether it's uh, uh, UCLA. You know, coaches do have that type of influential power. Uh, I think back to a guy named uh, uh, Quinn Higgins that played at the University of Wyoming when I was there. He's a little younger than I am. But he was the second-rated, the second-best player out of Alabama, not of a city, but of the entire state. And what his godfather, who was a coach at Wyoming, did was his influence was the, one of the reasons why he came to the University of Wyoming. Now, now multiply that times 10, and that's the situation that we're in right now. I mean, they're, they're, these kids are being influenced, and uh, it's more than being guided. It's more of pulling them towards a certain place and, you know, I, from what I hear, I can't say this is factual everywhere, uh, a, a lot of these coaches are being rewarded, whether it's financially or some other way. So, you know, they, they, they have uh, dubious, if not other means or reasons to get kids to fill in certain roster spots at certain schools. And sometimes it may not necessarily be in the best interest of the kid long term. Red, I mean, Red, do you kind of see? Yeah, I've already said something about AAU, but I'll go back to that because I spoke to a guy that, you know, Reggie Foster, he coached AAU and up in Arizona. Yeah. He was telling me about that too. But what I want to say to you, why don't schools like, you know, Wyoming or a school that can't get the five star four money, why don't they let the players go out and play there like you and like Quinn and Theo and all of them and go out there? and talk to these guys. you think that would help? I think that would help immensely. Um, and they have not gone that route for reasons that I don't know. There may be some rules that prohibit them. Uh, there may be some morals. I don't know. But you're right. Uh, you know, it, it would behoove any university, any company, to, 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 to show, because every kid has a vision of what they want to be. Every kid wants to be in the pros whether it's basketball, football, uh, baseball, whatever. So, man, what better thing, what better recruiting tool to have than a guy that has been through that process? Uh, but, you know, they haven't uh, for reasons I don't know. But, I mean, I think there are a lot of schools. Uh, Syracuse comes to mind uh, where guys go back 
a lot. Not just one guy, but you know, a whole host of guys. And that is the reason why the tradition of basketball is so solid in those places, you know? And I think you guys are doing a good job with that, Rick. I'm not sure a lot of you guys go back, you know. That's a, a, lot, you know a, lot of, a lot of the guys go back, but, you know, I think, you know, it's two different mindsets. In my mind, it makes perfect sense that the guys go back, and that is how you maintain, again, a tradition or a culture of, 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 of champions, right? Uh, but 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 the, uh, the 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 athletic director or perhaps the president of the university or whoever might have another route that they want to choose, and I, I don't I don't think that's good. I mean I don't think that's good. I found, again uh, I think it's more beneficial. I mean I look at the NBA, right? Okay, I, I just went to the NBA All Star game, and the NBA is huge right now. They're about to have another collective bargaining agreement here coming up pretty soon next year too. And what I saw was guys that played in several decades, whether it was the big old in the 60s, whether it was uh, uh, Walt Frazier in the 70s, Irvin Magic Johnson in the 80s, so on and so forth, all of them representing the NBA. And you best believe that when you looked at the NBA All-Star game on TV, the NBA made sure that those guys were sitting front court right by all the current stars of right now. That's a connection that, uh, that, that does several things. Uh, not only does it help the current players there now, you know, but, but it ties in what was to what is and what will be. You know, it's connecting everything together. Uh, that, to me, is smart marketing. Uh, universities right now are not at that point. They're focused on other things, but... And I think it's because sometimes these guys have such a short time yeah. to perhaps build something. But if you want something that's going to last long, you've got to, you've got to come back. Well, that's something that you said that I want to um, um, talk a little bit more about. You know, the, the um, college, I mean, they want to win now. That program can't go four or five years and say, well, we got to keep, we got to keep, you know, we, they won't win now because, you, you know, you get the um, kids and uh, they want to come to games. That's who mostly come to the games. But now you work, like you say, with the um, NBA or the NFL. They give them the coaches four or five years that they know we're not going nowhere. Is it more pressure on the college coaches that say, hey, my job is next day. I got to take risks and try and win now? Do you think of oh, – look at it, Red. Look at uh, oh, Robert Turner, all the other uh-huh. coaches that – no matter what they do, they stand in there, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you know, it's because it's a business, right? Because people invest with winners. So if you've got a winning program, all of a sudden you got advertising dollars. All of a sudden, not only are you having billboards and whatnot around the city and in the stadium, you're getting TV contracts. Everybody's getting raises. The student body's coming to the games more. The student enrollment raises and increases. It's more money, more money. But none of that happens. None of that happens. You've got a winning team there. You look at some of the highest enrollment in colleges, and I bet there's a significant correlation between them having a winning program in some athletic sport, whether that's baseball, football, basketball, or a combination of those things. People want to be associated and want to be proud to say, hey, I went to the University of Texas. Hey, I went to Baylor University. I went to this school or that school that were, you know, was very popular at the time. Not only do they get a great degree, but they're associated with winners. And who doesn't want to be associated with winners? So there's a lot of pressure for these guys. I mean, you look at Kentucky's program right now, and they're making it, uh, they're, they're making a, uh, a habit of getting these guys that are one and done, or maybe two and done. They're coming, they're getting the cream of the crop guys, uh, out of high school. They're playing a year, maybe two, and they're 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 uh, uh, making themselves available for the NBA draft. Uh, and, and 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 you say, okay, well, they can't uh, build it sustainable doing that. Well, <laughs> history will say you're wrong because they're doing it, you know. And guys, and they're they're going to keep on getting the top guys in the country because of what they're producing. You know, you can only get one or two things in life. You can either get uh, results 
or you can give excuses. And when a young kid looks at Kentucky and they see that, you know, uh, they have a history of having guys in the lottery. They have a history of having guys in the first round. Oh, every year. Every year. Oh, man, I want to go there. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Going global with gas is music, comedy, and life. And this Saturday will be comedy as two comedians will be joining me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Comedian Brett Ernst is going to be with us. You might have seen him on Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Tour, and he's also an ex-server, so we're going to get into some diners, Ed, with him on Saturday. Also joining me will be comedian Jill Bryan. Very funny lady. Always a blast to have on in studio. And uh, by the way, both of them are cowboy fans, so I know I'll have to take it easy on the two. So join us this Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Time, right here at the voiceamerica.com variety channel oh and one more thing last night i was watching cops and they chased this guy into this dumpster area that was fenced off and we had a dog chasing him and like five other cops so they opened up the gate to the dumpster and there he is lying face first on the ground everyone's looking at him and his only words were what did i do <laughs> really what did you do you're just kind of normally hanging around the back of a dumpster lying on the ground face first what did i do yeah this is a contest for the biggest idiot which I nailed. We'll talk to you this Saturday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, right here on Voice America. Going global with gas. Man. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving and my guest, former NBA player, Red and State. Red, you feeling the love? I'm feeling the love here, brother. Well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, you got me a little shocked. You know, uh, I gotta go see a, a counselor and a psychologist. Uh, every time I'm in the airport, and I just came back from Denver, <laughs> you know, I'm looking around. Everybody see look like a pork chop. So you got my <laughs> mind all messed up, Red. <laughs> oh Lord, you crazy! <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta go get help for that, Red. You totally messed me up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Red, I was no, looking at you like, is that Red? <laughs> it was good to see you in the uh, like brother. <laughs> Red, a friend of mine, this time, you know, a uh, uh, pretty good athlete, you know, uh, he got three schools, I think four, he told me he had um, Boise, Arizona, UCLA, some pretty good schools. And he was asking me, and what you would say, you know, um, these guys like want to go to a Kentucky because if they know a, a player go to Kentucky, they know hey, one or two years I'm in the NBA. And um, yeah. I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I couldn't really tell him. I'm the type. I told him pick a school where your best education I get because you know everybody ain't gonna make an NBA or NFL. And no one where you gonna play. I don't want to sit behind yeah. somebody three years in my last year I get in. But do you agree with that, or would you take those school like a Kentucky Reds if you had a, a kid that wanted a viewer on the side and go and say, hey, man, if I get in one year, I'm going to go to the NBA. Would you do that? 
Well, here's the deal. I, 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 well, there needs to be an asterisk by there. If I'm a Shaquille O'Neal, freak of nature, if I'm a LeBron James, freak of nature, then I'm probably going to lean towards going to Kentucky or something like that. But for the most people, you, you think about it. Okay, I made it to the NBA. I made it to the NFL. What's the average, uh, uh, how much time does the average player spend there? Three years. Okay, I graduated when I was 22. <coughs> I'm done at 25, maybe 26. Now, hopefully I have 50 more years left in my life. What am I going to do? You know, and people right. talk about this as if when you make it to the professional range, that's it. I'm set for life. And more often than not, guys get money when they make it to the league. They spend every nickel. And it's not a bad thing. that They're not doing it maliciously, but everybody buys their mom a house. Everybody uh, wants to show off their newfound fame to their friends as they fly people out and buy them clothes, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're not they're not as focused on getting to the NBA as much as they are focused on partying, showing off what they just now got. And there's always a hungry kid coming up in college or in high school that wants your spot. So I've seen it so many times where guys will make it to the professional rankings and you know, they make enough money to live large until they're, say, 27 or 28. And, you know, the rest of their life, okay, well, I have to get a job. Okay, what about the university? What kind of education can I fall back on? Oh, that's right, I can't go to class. Or, oh, that's right, I'm 45 hours short or 60 hours short. I know some guys are, you know, only seven or nine hours short. But... You, you, you want to use the university. You don't want to let the university use you. It's very important that you go into it. Or, or, or a better way to phrase it is you want to use the sport. You don't want to let the sport use you. Because once you – college is a maturation process that helps you not only get your education, but also develops your social skills in order to be able to talk intelligently with people that you want to be associated with when you're – Older. That's a, what's one of the great attributes of college that people overlook. You know, uh, and you can do this on a case study of, of college, collegiate athletes that did not uh, graduate, and they were so wrapped up in themselves. You know, because they have to continue to feed their ego. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to first round. I'm the man. I'm gonna dominate. That they don't develop social skills to say, James, how you doing? How's your family? How can I help you? Because when you help other people, it's a, it's, it, 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 you oftentimes end up helping yourself, you know. Uh, but they don't develop those skills because they never, they never utilize a tool that was given to them. Uh, you know, you can't go for the quick fix. And, you know, the, the, the professional sports is great. Hell, I wish everybody could do it. <laughs> I had a blast. <laughs> you and I oh, talked a couple months ago about being in that atmosphere and it being intoxicating and, you know, you being lulled into a false security and all that type of stuff. And, hey, I remember that very well. I had a blast getting intoxicated. But yeah. when you look at the stats and you sit back and look from a third-party perspective, you know, you need to utilize your time well. And more often than not, guys will finish playing majority of guys will finish playing, and they might have enough money to live on what they thought the rest of their life. In actuality, it's three, maybe four years. And, you know, didn't you used to be uh, loving? Didn't you used to be legislative? Yeah. What are you doing now? What yeah. are you doing with your education that you got in college? Uh, <laughs> you know, guys don't have a response. But it's very important I use your time. How hard was it to focus? Because I know I was one of those guys when you just were talking with that guy. Hey, I had a birthday party, flew all my friends out, you know, all that. How did you stay on that narrow arrow that just say, hey, I can't be? You know what I'm saying? Because you know we all, you get all that money and you just, just want to go wild, right? You know? Absolutely. Uh, we talked about doing do it. I mean, talk, that could be something that you could do talk for the young kids. I had a good mentor. I had a good mentor that, you know, as hard as it was, I listened and said, look, this won't last forever. You need to save your money. You need to save your money. That 
And I was always, um, you know, one of the last guys to get selected because in my profession in the NBA, I was short for my position. So, you know, they when people were recruiting me or they were trying to get me on their team, they knew they were going to get a guy that was tough. They knew they were going to get a guy that was professional. But they also knew they were going to get a guy that was three inches too short. So, you know, I had to overcompensate with heart and hustle uh, to make up for those three inches that I was shorter. And I knew that, you know, one injury away, and I'm done, you know. Uh, it's such a short lifespan playing professional sports. When you're 30, you're, you're basically a senior citizen, you know. So you have to be really careful about, you know, what you do. Now, it, that's not to say I didn't uh, splurge and have a little fun, but it was all in moderation because – I wanted, my main thing is, I never really wanted to work for anybody. And it's always very important that you get good mentors, right? So when guys, when I was playing, it was like, man, I want to, I want to make, I want to make that Shaquille O'Neal money or, you know, because back then he was getting paid a lot of money to play. Or I want to make that Michael Jordan money to where my focus was on. I want to make the money that the guy is paying Shaquille. I want to make the money of the guy who's paying Jordan. Because that's a longer return. That's a bigger return than just the short shelf life of what we see right now. So it's, it's you know it's all about what you focus on, man, and what you allow yourself to think about. Again, that's maybe at the top of this whole interview, or not interview, the top of this talk. I made the com uh, made the, convers- uh, the, the the statement that you know you have to get off the boat of conventional thinking in order to walk on water. You got to do what other people are not doing in order to get later on what other people won't get. And so, you know, I was constantly thinking about where do I see myself in the future? How am I going to get there? You know, am I going to get there by blowing all my dough? No. (laughs) So, you know, I had to, you know, choose an ulterior route. I mean, that had to take some some, some real good thing around the table because you know, all I was thinking, I know a lot of guys I said you know, when the rookies that came in was, you know, like, man, we spent this money. We didn't think the next money we should not be playing again, you know, and the money's gone. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. For real. I, nobody, I nobody does, man. Because you're, no. you're, you're almost in awe because you take, a, you take a guy that never really had a lot of money or, you know, that had a little money, but not the freedom that we all see when we get into the league and the people that are available, and the things that are available to you. And it's almost overwhelming. Would you agree? Yeah. Totally. And it's like it's like being a starving perfect person in a buffet, and you want a little bit of everything. I mean everything. <laughs> Even the stuff that's not healthy for you, you want a little bit of it. And then it turns into a lot of it. And for you know, you're going to spend your whole check on it. And, you know, you borrow it. You know, NBA was, uh, you know, we got paid in six months. You know, from, uh, if I remember correctly, November till the end of April or the middle of April or something like that. And, uh, you know, it was not uncommon for guys to request advances in August. You know, wow. that wasn't uncommon at all. Wow. I mean, I see it. I see it. Well, Red, we're going to take another break. We're coming from a break. We're going to get on the I can't wait to hear what you have to say about these players that, um, I mean, it's mind-boggling. But one of these players, I knew this was going to happen, and uh, I'll see what you think about it. This is Jay Love, my guest, Reggie Slate. So love! Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host, Love That Sports Talk. Got a main man, Reggie Slater. You ever read? I'm not feeling the love, man. I was over there preaching in that commercial break. I had to stop myself. I was, I was looking for the towel to wipe the sweat off. And, you know, I'm going to start picking this towel for a little bit. Hey, hey, Red, that's what poor towels do. They sweat, don't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, hey, I was speaking to some kids at a school yesterday, and uh, the lady had to go get me a water. I was sweating like a dog. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Every time you want you make me smile, man. Good joke. <laughs> well, let's get into a little NBA. I, I bet no, you know. Before we get out there, uh, I want to talk. Did you see that game Sunday uh, with LeBron uh, playing Houston? Yes, I, I saw. I saw. You know what? I saw the tail end of it, and I thought I was watching nineties basketball. I thought I was watching my era basketball for a while. <laughs> I'm not really a basketball guy, but I used to like it back in night. But it did seem like that, didn't it? Two players oh, yeah. going down shooting, and you know, was that? Did you see that? See what? Uh, LeBron, he came down. He was one on one. Boom! Uh, James Harden come down. Wasn't it just like you know, nobody else getting involved. Did you see that? Well, I think I think I, 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 that part I didn't notice as much as I just noticed the physicality was pretty high during the game. Uh, you know, I think sometimes leaders, hell, how many times did Jordan do that? How many times did Isaiah do that? Certainly, how many times did Larry do that? I mean, big players, they're big players because they step up, uh, you know, at crunch time. Uh, you know, I think that was both of these guys' reasoning, perhaps, for going one-on-one. Uh, and, and sometimes that helps the team, and sometimes it hurts. It depends upon the chemistry of the team. But and I, I did look at the game, and, and one of the things I took away from it, you know, usually I don't enjoy watching uh, the games as much now as I did back in the day because it's so passive right now. Um, but, man, they let, they let the guys get after it. It was like watching the playoff game for the 90s. For a while, there, it was rough. I didn't want to get on LeBron's free throw. You think really he was out of it because, you know, all that one-on-one, and, you know, I mean, because you missed, what, even eight or nine free throws out of 14? That's a lot for yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Here's the deal, man. The guy's human. He, he's allowed to he's allowed to make his off days, and in a year from now, nobody's going to remember that. It's almost like when you go to a funeral, and people start speaking so great of people that were mediocre. You know, you only remember the good stuff. And, you know, with LeBron, with LeBron, you know, he's so athletic. He's such a freak of nature, and he really is a outstanding player. You know, best player in the game, arguably, right now. Uh, he's going to have off days. Nobody's 100%. I can, remember, I can remember Jordan coming down to Denver and playing the Nuggets when I was in college, and people saying, dude, I drove all the way from Laramie to Denver to watch the game. He didn't dunk one time. I'm disappointed. Never mind that he had 30-some-odd points. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you're never gonna play, you know, you get built up just to get knocked down sometimes. You're not going to 
please everybody. You're going to have off days. He's only human. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if, 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 um, if there was any one thing that had him off during that game. I, I can't say that. I guess, you know, me watching and you can a superstar like he is that you get to the free throw line like that clutch time, that's who you want there, and you, know, you should figure he's here. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You know, we all, and maybe even you, when we were younger, would be in our driveways doing the five, four, three, yeah. two, one, countdown, and shoot the basket. I mean, we practiced that our whole lives. And right. it's different when you're actually on TV, when <laughs> the game's on the line, when you're fighting for standings for the playoff. When, I mean, there's a lot of pressure. The hands are a little bit sweatier. The ball doesn't feel quite as familiar as it once did. But I'm not using that excuse because here's the deal. LeBron's accomplished so much. He's been MVP of the league. He's been a world champion. He's been this that. I don't think that the pressure of that one game was enough to get him off as much as, I mean, he just had a bad game. Well, I mean, if you look at that, it's like if I got a, a you, I got, like, say, Quinn, Theo, everybody on that team, and you got um, um, Kevin Love, why you not implementing him in the offense? Am I right? Because when he was at Minnesota, what, 22 points, 22 rebounds? Yeah, it was a different style of play, though, I think. And they were expecting a little bit different things from him. Uh, you know, it, it, right now, the Cavaliers are hurting on defense. And, you know, last year, Kevin Love was known for being a big guy that could go out to shoot three, lead the league in rebounding. Uh, he was very involved in the offense. Now he's got Kyle Irving, LeBron James. Those are two guys that they're, they're going to demand the ball. They're going right. to need touches. They're going to need their touches. Uh, and, you know, Shaquille O'Neal said this one time when he was playing with Kobe. He said, hey, man, you don't feed the dog, he ain't going to perform. <laughs> you know, it may, it, may be, it, it may not be intentional, but, you know, you, you, you feel all the rhythm when you're not touching that thing as much as you're used to. You know? Can you have too many superstars on team right I mean, look at that. I go back to that year that Lakers had uh, Carl Malone or the Kobe. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Is there too many hands to, you know, that you, I mean, you need one or two stars and that's that, right? On average. Am I right? Well, you just, have, you just have to have people that accept their role. You know, you look at uh, San Antonio Spurs, the world champions right now. It's like they have, uh, you know, Tim is is, is, a, is a Hall of Famer, but his his best days, those most athletic days are behind him. You know, Ginobili as well. Uh, you know, but what they got is a bunch of guys that believe and work their butts off for a cause. They believe in the cause, and that's greater than their individual selves. So, and they accept that role. So when they had that team, the Lakers, uh, with Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, it's hard for a Hall of Famer like Carl Malone to, for you to say, all right, you're the man, you, you're, you are who we're going to go to in crunch time, and we've been beating that in your head for 15, 16, 17 years to all of a sudden saying, all right, sit down, little fellow, we got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's an addiction that's hard to break. And so, you know, then you start questioning yourselves. And, and you know, there's an old African saying that, that, that goes, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside could do us no harm. Now, the enemy that creeps in to situations like that is, 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 is uh, do they trust me anymore with the ball? Am I as good as I used to be anymore? Because you need that constant reinforcement. You need that constant challenge. And when it's something, when you're being fed a different diet, you're going to result. You're going to put out something different. So, I mean, I think it was hard for those guys to, to, to assimilate to those roles so quickly and at that stage in their careers. And that's probably why they did not go as far as they should have. Well, isn't that like too many Eagles? I mean, I mean, when I was at Wyoming, you know, I ain't pro, but I mean, you had me and Anthony Sargent. He was really there too. And I felt, you know, we need uh, fourth down, fire up. I'm the man to get the ball. And he felt the same way. Isn't that the same right. with that? I mean, like, everybody wants the last, like, he should think this is, cause didn't that happen with Scotty Pippen? Like, he wanted the ball, a cool cold guy, that he was mad, remember? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Every, you know, every, and every, you have to have that. You have to have that feeling that I'm the one, I'm the guy, I'm the person that you want to invest in. You have to have that feeling. Uh, 
but the, the incident that you're talking about with Kukoc and uh, Scottie Pippen, and perhaps even, um, you know, I saw it the other day with Jeremy Lin and Kobe uh, about two months ago, and Kobe was still playing, and he took several of the last shots. Uh, uh, Jeremy Lin felt like, hey, dude, Kobe's not the only guy that can shoot a last-second shot. Check, you know, and Kobe's like, man, check my resume. Well, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, all these other guys are saying the same thing. Check my resume. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I deserve to take the last second shot. And it's hard to say, let's put a, let's put a tack in that and revisit that later on. <laughs> you know, it's hard for him to accept that. And so, you know, it's hard for Scottie Pippen to say, okay, it's always been Jordan and Pippen, Jordan and Pippen, Jordan and Pippen. Now all of a sudden, Jordan's gone, and you're going to get Tony Kukoc the last shot? I mean, he's got to wait his turn. Even though, uh, overall, Scotty's a much better player, but 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 frankly, I think Kukoc was a much better three-point shooter. Yeah. You know? And I think for that particular situation that you're talking about, because I remember it, uh, that's what it was. It was the last second shot for a three-point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, you know something I've been wanting to get on and been waiting to talk to about with and I knew it. Everybody, you know, D Rose, Derek Rose for Chicago. You heard both yeah. of legs. And I just said, it's tough to play when you mentally you don't want to hurt again. Because you went through two of those, y'all two seasons. The fans all along. He made a comment about, you know, he got to be ready for life to go with basketball. Everything that's going against him. Isn't that mentally hard? I mean, those two to come back, then trying to play, and then you hurt again. What's going? What do you think is going through his head, Slate? Uh, well, you know, I, I know what I hope is going through his head, and but I but I do know that it's tough right now. Uh, you know, I know this guy really wants to succeed. You can tell he wants to succeed by just getting to the NBA and coming back from these injuries after injury and facing his doubters. He he really wants to succeed, but again, as long as there's no enemy within, the enemy has to do you no harm. After a while, he starts wondering, <laughs> why am I getting hurt so much? You know what I mean? Is do I need to settle? You know, is this the best that I'm going to get? You know, if those type of thoughts start creeping in his head, then that's not going to be healthy. You know, and if you're playing the game trying not to get hurt, that's when you're going to get hurt. You know, that's really when you're going to get hurt. I mean, things happen, you know. And, and to me, I've been watching him play. It seemed like that's the way he's been playing. You know, I know when I hurt my knee, I favored that knee when I tried to come back, you know. Right. You know, hurting it again because I'm favoring because I didn't want to hurt it, you know. He had right, both right. knees, you know, and that's, that's a tough thing. I mean, then you get hurt. I mean, I don't know with you, but I know I'll be thinking, like, why me? Why I keep getting hurt, you know? And, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, dude. But that's life. That is life. Life and the strongest people. I mean, the strongest people are the ones that can look at those situations and persevere still. They will fail, but they are winning because they are learning every time they fail. And they keep on going forward, keep on going forward, keep on going forward. Uh, you know, I always look at Larry Bird. He's one of my favorite uh, players uh, for several reasons, one of which I'm just a fan because I'm an 80s kid. But you're talking about a guy who couldn't jump, a guy who who had, uh, you know, he got kicked out of college, guy who was a, a, a garbage man for a while, not that there's anything against garbage people. But he, he stayed with it, stayed with it, stayed with it. And now, you know, he's referred to as Larry Legend. I mean, tough tough times don't last, tough people do. And you just have to stay in the race. You can't win the race unless you're in the race. And, you know, for Derrick Rose, in order for him to continue to be the person that he wants to be, he's just got to, you know, get on that rehab horse and keep going. Hell, I haven't heard anybody, anybody, <laughs> this is the funny thing, because this is a tough mind that I think Kobe Bryant is. I haven't heard anybody say, Kobe ain't gonna come, is not going to come back from this injury. Everybody knows he's going to come back from this injury. Everybody knows he's going to have surgery. Everybody knows he's going to rehab. Everybody knows he's going to put the time in. Now, uh, you know, but I haven't heard anybody saying, well, I don't know if he's going to be the same Kobe. You know, of course he's not going to be the same Kobe because he's older, but 
he's still dropping 20, 25 points a game when he's in there, you know. And that's the difference between, you know, just mental toughness. That was a lot of times Michael Jordan played, he was injured. But he's still, arguably, the best player of all time. You know, uh, uh, there are, you know, it's, it's, it's all in your mindset. You know, if, I'll give you an example, if I could. Okay. Say, God forbid, love, you, you were in an accident and you lost your memory. Right? Okay. Right. And, 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 and when, when you regain consciousness and you start talking to people, if I told you, love, you, were one of the top Navy SEALs in America, and they want you back. They need you back. Don't you think you would react, walk, think a little differently than if I said, look, you're a piano teacher, and you're mediocre, so take your time to get back. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's all in your mindset. It's all in what you think. If you think you're going to get hurt, you're, gonna stay. you're probably going to get hurt. If you think, look, I'm not going to finish this thing until I'm done. And when, when is it done? It's done when I win. It's done when I say it's done. And there's a different mentality from people like that, people that don't give up, people that will not accept what everybody else is saying. And as long as Derek focuses on being the best player that he can, you know, who knows, dude, he can still play another number of years, and, and this, nobody will talk about his injuries. But he's just got to stay focused. Yeah, but I mean, look at the players that had stuff like that. Look at Gray Odom. I think Sam Bowie broke his leg, right? They were getting you players. They just right. said, hey, I can't take it. You know, the injuries, these injuries are serious and you know, keep every year happening. I mean, when is he going to play a full season? I mean, if you just trying to make know. the playoffs. What happened to Jerry Rice? <laughs> what, what happened to Jerry Rice? I think Jerry got hurt, though, did he? Because he went along with the um, Raiders and all that. Came back and he was still setting records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all of what right. you accept, man. It's all of what you accept. <laughs> you know? Uh, the injuries are serious. They're serious. There's, you know, it's not a laughing matter. And you got to rehab like hell. Bring yourself back. What if what, what if Michael Jordan had quit after he broke his toe? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but don't don't they say an injury would take a year off your sports year, something like that? They say a major one. The they also with that. say the red player can beat loving in some golf. I mean, I don't I don't really focus on what they say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, if you keep on believing what other people are saying, that's why it's so very important for you to know who you are. Right. And, you know, know what you can accept. You, you, only those that go too far will ever know how far they can go. You know, people are, oh, you're going too far, you're pushing your body, you're doing this, you're doing that. Only those that go too far will ever know how far they can go. And oftentimes, those people that go too far accomplish so much more than the conventional person will ever accomplish because they are willing to transcend what is acceptable. Because what's acceptable to them is far more than what is acceptable to the most people. I agree with you on that, but my thing, well, I was just saying that when he made that comment that, you know, he's kind of, you know, he won't be hurt where he can't, you know, walk his kid to school. That kind of showed me to say, you know, hey, I, I don't want to get hurt out here, so I'm he might fine. You know what I'm saying? He might be done there. He might be done there. Man, before yeah. I turn around, I want to talk about nothing that's real serious. I want to get what you think. You know, a lot of players have been dying from heart attack. We had Anthony Mason. We had uh, Wayman yeah. Fields. Remember when Wayman was playing basketball with yeah, yeah. Wayman? Yeah, playing basketball and just how. I mean, uh, somebody asked me this question. Um, I think they ran up on that. The athlete's heart is so big when they play, when they stop, it goes down and they ain't. I mean, what do you think is that? Because you get a lot of heart attacks with people. You say, "Man, he used to be an athlete," you know. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer on that one, but yeah, somebody else was a, another peer of mine, uh, a basketball player, brought that up. And dude, I don't have an answer because that's scary to me. Because you know, I'm 44. I'm not that far from 50. And yeah, I have started noticing that. 
Uh, you know, one of the things clearly is, you know, when you're an athlete, whether it's NBA, NFL, you're in the best shape of your life. And you're constantly doing cardio, you're constantly doing resistance training, so on and so forth. And once you retire, you know, you're eating everything that you shouldn't be eating, and you're probably drinking and partying as much as you did when you were, when you were in your prime, but you're not working any of that stuff off. And that's probably hard on your body. You know, and that's the only contributing factors that I can think of, but I'm nowhere near a doctor. Uh, but, you know, hell, dude, the only thing I do is, you know, a lot of the guys just make sure uh, we as former athletes, um, you know, because your body's conditioned to be a certain way if, you, if you're a non-athlete all your life. You know, when you're an athlete and you're active and you're in such great shape all the way from, you know, age 15 to 30, then all of a sudden you just drop off the map. That's a shock to your system. So you got to make sure you maintain some level of, you know, exercise and, and, and reason, eat within reason. But, you know, in the end, God calls your number. Calls your number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I like to go to, like, like you say, you with the host, like, hey, I like to go to Super Bowl because every year they have a party for all the players. You get to see, like you say, the older guys, uh, you know, the guys too. You know, some guy like I me, mean, I see one guy, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's the size of that guy, you know? He's like, yeah, hey, love, oh, man. Right. He's just like, I couldn't, you know, fight none of his weight off. You know, when we were playing, I couldn't gain that. But now, you yeah. know, I mean, he was huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you were running back, yeah. and you, you know, but <laughs> I, I guess, Red, like you say, you know, we stopped doing what we were doing every day, you know, eating different. Yeah. Drinking more, you know, and and it just builds up. Yeah, yeah, it takes it takes a toll on your body. I mean, we can grow muscle, but I mean, our heart's gonna, you know, it, it doesn't grow up and down like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I wish I had the answers on that, man, but I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I wish I had the answers though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hear. You know, I want to talk about. I mean. Um, Chris Box is going through something that he's going to not be able to play ever again, right? Oh, Chris Box, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, whew, it's getting serious out there, isn't it? <laughs> um, thank God that these guys have insurance that they can diagnose some of these uh, things, you know, first of all. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I don't know, it's just weird. I, I, don't, I don't know, it's difficult for me to explain it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Red, before we leave, I just want you know tell you, man, I really, really appreciate when you're on. You know, you make a day, and we got to hook up down in Ohio when you're down there. All right, uh, I'll be there in the summer sometime. I don't know when, but I'm sure I'll be there. I'll let you know. I'll give you okay. a heads up. Appreciate it again, Red. You take care. Hey, man, thanks for having me on the show. Feeling the love. Appreciate you guys for listening to me and sharing my opinion or listening to my opinion. And uh, y'all take care. God bless. All right, you too. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.